Today on CityCast Denver. In 1993, a young culinary school graduate named Steve opened a humble Denver-style, mission-style burrito joint at 1644 East Evans Avenue. He was hoping to raise money to fund a more high-end restaurant, but instead, he changed the world. Chipotle, of course, expanded across the globe, ushering in a new style of dining, as fast as fast food, but in a casual setting you might actually enjoy. Now, as the pandemic slowly wanes, two new Denver-connected fast casual chains have opened right across the street from that original Chipotle. They've got loads of new ideas for the future of lunch and a lot less meat on the menu. Can either the plant-curious chicken chain bird call or the all-vegan next-level burger follow in Steve L's footsteps? It's up to the hungry DU students down the street and us to figure it out. Today is Wednesday, August 31st. I'm Paul Caroli in for Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. I feel so lucky right now because I can't think of two people I'd rather be having this conversation with. CityCast Denver's resident foodie and newsletter editor, Peyton Garcia, is here. Welcome, Peyton. Hey, Paul. And joining us today is Westward's food editor, Molly Martin. Welcome, Molly. Thank you. Uh, So, Molly, you recently wrote about two new fast casual spots that have opened recently on Evans Avenue, South Denver. Both very interesting for different reasons. Yes. Why were you interested in these places? Why did you want to write about them? Honestly, I I I am not vegan. I I tend to not um, veer away from meat. Um, but <laughs> I I got information about Meaty, um, the substitute they're using at Bird Call, um, and it seemed different than other ones I'd run into before. It was uh, using the mushroom fibers, and I was just totally unfamiliar with that as a as a food product. So just as a curious food person, I wanted to taste it for myself. Um, and then Next Level Burger uh, is co- moving in and and has plans to open more than a few locations here. Um, the owner has roots in Denver. They actually are a married couple who met at Metro, going to Metro in Denver. So I was intrigued to, to see what that concept was like as well. I also happen to live a few blocks away from both. Um, so they're in my neighborhood. So <laughs> definitely needed to scope them out. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I think what I took away from your two stories was that these two chains are kind of at similar spots in their growth trajectories. Like both have maybe like five to 10 locations mm-hmm. and, and, but they're also offering such very different experiences mm-hmm. and they both have strong ties to Denver and mm-hmm. they've opened right next to each other. Like right next to each other, yeah. like yeah. next door Literally. to each other. <laughs> um, Peyton, you and I agreed that we would both go and try these two places and, and compare notes with Molly here. I want to start with you. Tell me about your experiences. So I should start by saying I'm a pretty devout meat eater. Um, I don't, ju- I mean, I'm not just not a, a vegetarian. I like grew up eating a lot of meat. Like my family heritage is um, Chamorro. So from Guam, we eat a lot of pork and beef and seafood. So I've never, I'm very unacquainted with vegetarian and vegan options, meat alternatives, things like that. So it was a really unique experience for me. Um, the only thing that interests me in giving up meat in any kind of way is the the impact that it could have on 
the environment. So I was interested to try these two places for that reason and see if they could spark some sort of change in me. That's making me think about something that I noticed when I was at Next Level. They have, um, so there that, that place is kind of like, I don't know how, if you all would agree with this, but I kind of think they just copied Shake Shack, but are doing it without the meat. I feel like it's a very similar vibe, that like modern pseudo-industrial thing. I would agree with that. Yeah? Yeah. I just, I think like what they're doing that's different from my favorite hometown plant-based burger chain, Meta Burger, is they're really putting the climate change element mm -hmm. right out in front. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. like part of the branding. I loved that. How did you feel about that, Molly? I, I like that because I think it's it's more than just we're a, we're a vegan burger place. It's, it gives you the why, mm -hmm. kind of baked right into it, which I have I'm also a marketing background, so I can't help but think about when you're doing marketing and branding, everything's based on that, what is the why of your business? Um, mm -hmm. And I like that theirs is very out front. I also appreciated that while it's not clear from the outside that it is a vegan burger place, as soon as you walk in, it's all American vegan in giant letters in front of you. It's very clear. Whereas Meta Burger is a lot more subtle in that, which mm -hmm. I think could be off-putting for someone walking in, not knowing what they're getting into, which I have I recently heard a, a story to that effect. So really? Huh. I, I think that I... When I walked in and saw vegan in large lettering, I was like, okay, well, at least, at least you know, as before you order what, right. what the deal is. <laughs> I, I think I, um, I loved that they had like basically their sustainability mission, like stamped all over the place, all over the menu on like their little paper, um, in the little food baskets. I loved that because it, I felt like it spoke directly to me, the person who is a meat eater, <laughs> Um, but <laughs> wants to help the planet. I, but I also felt very <laughs> out of place when I walked in. I kind of felt like they know, <laughs> like they can smell <laughs> the meat off of me. Like they know I eat meat and I don't want to be here. Um, no part of you, either of you felt like this is homework. This is, that was an observation my wife had about the like climate change forward branding of next level was hmm. like, this makes me feel like it's not for fun. It's for mm. I'm doing something for someone else. I didn't get yeah. that feeling. No, either. but I could see that mm -hmm. being an impression that someone could take away. That said, the customer service I experienced, you know, and they obviously had no idea I was doing research or homework, um, was like top notch. It was stellar. I mean, I I chalked that up to it was like their second day of being open. Mm -hmm. Um but like I had like eight people be like, hey, how are you? How you doing? How's your burger? You need anything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, but oh, in a very nice way. I don't know. It was I thought their customer service was great. Yeah. The staff did seem genuinely excited. Yeah, like you can there. usually tell the difference between forced excitement yeah. and genuine. And mm -hmm. yeah, they're they, like, hey, we love yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> we love being here. We love serving you. Um, so this next level place we've been talking about, they have some local ties. I think we talked about the the husband and wife duo that runs it. But Molly, tell us about Bird Call. Tell us about the other place next door. What's their story? Yes. Bird Call also started in Denver um, and has now expanded. I think the one on Evans was maybe their second or third. I know it was their first one with a drive-through. Mm. Um, they're planning, I think, the, all the future ones are all going to have drive-throughs. They're also starting to expand out of state. Um, but they're a fried chicken chain at heart. Um, and so adding this vegan option, I thought was an interesting move by them, especially one that people aren't familiar with. Whereas like Next Level has a lot of beyond patties on its menu. This is a, a really newer to the market uh, alternative mm -hmm. that they've decided to add, which 
which I found intriguing. It makes me wonder if restaurants today feel like there's this pressure, like they have to have a vegan and vegetarian option. I hear that all the time from places doing menu design. And a lot of times it's like, check the box, put a salad on. Right. Um, They're not doing anything particularly interesting. I would be curious to talk to the people at Bird Call about what kind of taste testing process they went through to choose meaty as the option they're going with. Um, If they had looked into others and just didn't think that the quality or flavor was up to par. And I wonder if they'll have more. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're waiting to see how this one plays out and Mm -hmm. they'll add some more options like that to their menu Hmm. well i think they're rocking it i tried that meaty chicken sandwich that might be the best plant-based protein sandwich that i've had i was surprised by how much i liked it i did hear feedback from some friends who have also tried it not in the sandwich but by by itself who had very negative thoughts Hmm. about the flavor i didn't Hmm. encounter that um honestly literally side by side with the chicken i I was shocked by how much I actually enjoyed it mm. um, and was not expecting to. And mm. the texture in particular was I thought surprising the texture, to me. The texture was where they really figured something out. Those crispy sesame strips. Yeah. I got it just how they recommended. It was kind of like a, an Asian slaw mm-hmm. and crispy sesame strips. Loved it. That was like exactly the texture that I think of. You know, I'm not a big meat eater myself, but when I think of a chicken sandwich, I want that crispy crunch. And no plant based protein sandwich has managed that before, but mm-hmm. they did it by adding this other component. And I tried it just plain. I tried it as the oh, yeah? regular one comes, huh. um, which caused a whole kerfuffle trying to order it. But I, guess I read that. <laughs> that's in another your story. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So I did end up trying it just plain, like with the pickles as their original sandwich. Comes. And you still and I was thought still pleased. It was good. Side by side, like same. Yeah. Like it, it really. And I said this in my piece. Reminded me of the chicken sandwiches you'd get like yeah. in high school, saran wrap. Yeah, like not great. It's, it's not, not great, but, but it's, it's not bad. It would satisfy the craving right. for sure. And if I was vegan, it certainly would fill a hole, I think, of, of something that you're craving. That's interesting, the feedback you said you got from your friends, because I, I didn't try it, just the chicken cutlet. I tried it in the sandwich. And as Paul mentioned, there's a lot going on in the sandwich. Right. Uh, the cutlet itself, I thought the way it was breaded was breaded just like I like my chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really flavorful. The texture, to me, reminded me of like a tuna patty because it's like <laughs> softer than mm-hmm. chicken. And like kind of falls apart the way chicken in, in a way that chicken doesn't quite do that. So when I was chewing it, it tasted kind of like the way a tuna patty might feel in my huh. mouth. But it was huh. good. I was I was also surprised at how much it resembled chicken. Right. So, yeah, like you could tell which was chicken and because my ordering problems began with me bringing home trying to order two sandwiches, ending up with three, and then getting home and being like, is one of these the the fake chicken? (laughs) Or are these all real chicken? And as soon as I did acquire the fourth sandwich, that was correct. I was like, no, it's very clear which one is the real chicken, which is the fake by look. Yeah. Um, And you you (laughs) mentioned, too, in your piece that the way it looks is doing it no favors. No. It's doing it's 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 it really doesn't taste. It tastes pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way it looks, where you're like, it's just like square and pale and like does not look like juicy chicken, but it does taste mm-hmm. pretty good. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. 
because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. All right, I want to pull us back for a second, because Molly, you made a very interesting uh, connection in your piece when you pointed out that these two places have opened up across the street from the original Chipotle. Yes. (laughs) Chipotle, of course, ushered in fast casual dining as we know it, in my opinion, changed the world. Um, And now these two places are kind of trying different things. They're each, they're experimenting with different types of service. They've incorporated the plant-based protein in their menus in different ways. Let's talk about the post-pandemic era of of dining and what that feels like, what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. Molly, what are uh, your thoughts Bird, on Bird that? Birdfall is really interesting because pre-pandemic, they they created their own point of sale system um, in-house, a, a new technology that basically allowed for touchless or ordering without having to interact with the first contact. Yeah. Thank you. Ordering. And um, it wasn't pandemic related. It just they happen to already have had it developed. And so it put them at a really advantageous spot when the pandemic hit that they were able to keep operations going pretty seamlessly because they were already set up for that. However, <laughs> living across the street from that location and and trying to go there often, I'm especially now as full service has come back, I find myself um, wishing there was mm. more interaction there. It feels a bit cold and not really what I want mm-hmm. coming out of the pandemic. Whereas, as we talked about at Next Level, it was so many people trying to help me. It almost verged on like, okay, too much. Yeah. Just, just trying to eat my hamburger. But it was it was refreshing to like have that much like in-person enthusiasm. I would 100% <laughs> agree. Yeah? Yeah, I think, because you asked me this question earlier and I was kind of pondering it like, and I think it's it is you're seeing a lot of this like contactless automation in restaurants. Um, and I think, yeah, I want it to go back to the way it was because so much of dining, while that's convenient, so much of dining, at least for me and I think f- people who identify as, you know, quote unquote foodies, is that experience. It's like when when my husband and I go out. We like to have like long conversations about the food, like with the servers and with the chefs and um, even just something as like fast casual as bird call. Yeah, it really threw me for a loop, especially because I went to next level first, Mm -hmm. got all of that attention from the staff, went into bird call and was just like really confused about Mm -hmm. what I was supposed to do. Um, And I just I think that that's something that came out of the pandemic that I don't actually think is going to stick around all that much because I think, like Molly said, people are craving that interaction. It's part of what we know as a dining experience. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like that. I feel like the things I missed the most when everything was shut down was being able to sit at a bar Mm -hmm. and talk to a bartender. And weirdly, and I didn't realize I missed it until they started to come back, but real menus. Yes. Holding a menu. Like I went, yeah, I went to A5 um, when it opened 
And weirdly, the first thing I noticed when I sat down was like, I love your menu design. First of all, it's very well done. It's super eye-catching. And just it's so nice to be able to interact with a menu mm -hmm. this way. Like, what a strange thing. Who would have thought that, like, holding yeah. a menu would be that meaningful? But it yeah. really I see a, a, lot of, it. a lot of pros that are associated with going with the QR codes, but mm -hmm. selfishly, yeah, yeah, I like the menu experience yeah. as well. And part of that is because I hate having my phone out when I'm dining. Right. And I don't like that it's out. I don't like that you have to be like, ah, oh, my Wi-Fi is not working. Can I look on your phone? Like, mm -hmm. I hate that. And it's just there is something about, I don't know, I think, again, I think it's just this idea of a dining experience that is ingrained to us that we miss. Hmm. It's interesting, though, that that push-pull you're describing around the QR codes, it's the same way I feel about the the automation and the point-of-sale stuff. Because, you know, I can imagine for these businesses not having to pay somebody to take an order, especially now when mm -hmm. staffing a restaurant like this is so difficult and the margins are so small, like that's really, really appealing to be able to eliminate that job. But also, I mean, Bird Call caught some heat for that when they first opened and they didn't have people taking orders. Right. Like, it's not, it's, it's dehumanizing. Right. But there are some, there's convenient things too. Like I saw two guys come in and they could each go to a different, like they came in together and they could go to two different screens and order. And it's like such a nice way to be able to like split the check with your friends. It's and also nice to ensure your order is right. Yeah, Cause when I went the in. first time I went through the drive through, just tried to order verbally and saying to someone, can I get the original chicken sandwich, but, but with the meaty patty? Uh, on the weekend that they launched but you know, it. The patty you know, the meaty patty that's meatless. Was so confusing for everybody involved. And um, so when I did round two, I just pulled up their website, did the online ordering. And especially if you're a person who likes to customize and mm -hmm. ask for no this or extra that, I mean, going through those yeah. apps and, and online ordering sites are much more convenient for that kind of thing. So it's totally a give and take. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, I can see both sides of there's so many issues like that with restaurants, right? Where operators are juggling with these issues every day. And trying to figure out what diners want. And yeah. diners don't always know what they want, no. especially right. now. I mean, look at us. We're like, <laughs> well, here's all the things I like. Here's all the things that I don't. Yeah. All right. So let's let's wrap up on a, on a big question. I know this is hard, but I'm going to press you on it. <laughs> Between these two places, Bird Call and Next Level, which do you think has the better shot of being the next Chipotle? I think... I'm, I'm veering towards next level um, for me. I mean, I just think their idea of taking something that's such a comfort food concept as a fast food place and kind of going forward with having a really expansive menu with a lot of different options to appeal to a lot of different people. It's a really smart way to approach a, a vegan restaurant. Um, I think Bird Call is in a really saturated space, fried chicken sandwiches, and frankly, the fried chicken trend i think is waning a little bit or at least mm. evolving and changing for example and and you can see i'm working on this story right now so um <laughs> but hot chicken right nashville hot chicken was all it was for a couple of years now it's korean fried chicken i don't think fried chicken of course is ever going anywhere as a as a staple but i think people get um bored and they, and they want new options and i think leaning strictly on that fried chicken sandwich um concept isn't really going to cut it on a huge scale hmm. yeah, like a Chipotle did. Peyton, how about you? What's your take? Yeah, I have to agree with Molly there. Um, 
next level just because their concept is so polished and so fine-tuned like they have i mean bird call does really good chicken and now offers this vegetarian option but next level is like they're they're dedicated to this vegan concept and it's they know what they're doing they know their branding they know what they're i I just think that they're from a business standpoint set up for success the kind of success that chipotle experienced um and the owner of next level even said that their target audience isn't people who are already vegan their target audience is trying to turn people vegan which is different than what other places that offer vegan food. I don't know, actually. I think that's the opposite. I think these plant-based proteins are mostly targeting meat eaters. That's what I heard from the Plantera folks. Yeah, I mean, I would say, honestly, if I had my one major criticism of Next Level is I would love to see more actual veggie patties. They have a mushroom quinoa Mm -hmm. patty, which I enjoyed, which I would have gotten on their other burgers. I don't as a meat eater, I'm never going to eat a Beyond patty. I'm just going to have a hamburger. Mm-hmm. You might have a Beyond patty because it's replacing that meat feeling. But if I want to eat a vegan burger, right. it's because I'm feeling like I want like that burger craving, but a little healthier. And so I want a veggie patty. So if they had two or three veggie patty options that you could and you could do that or a Beyond on all their burgers, I think would be a really smart move. Yeah, I, I totally second that um, because I... I just want to say I didn't really like Next Level's burger, the burger that I got. And I think it's kind of getting to what Molly's saying. Like, I'm a meat eater. I'm not planning on giving up beef. I'm not planning on giving up chicken. So I'm not looking for something that does a poor job of mimicking beef. And for me, cutting back on beef consumption has everything to do with sustainability. So if I'm trying to make changes in my habits, I'm just going to cut out meat a little bit more in my in my daily consumption. And I'm just going to opt for vegetarian options. Right. I'm not going to look to substitute me because when I want me, I'm just going to get meat. Right. Yeah. If I want a hamburger and I'm at home, I'm going to drive to my favorite burger place. But yeah. if I'm at home and I'm hungry and I've been eating out too much that week, but I don't want to cook, will I maybe walk up to next level and get a mushroom quinoa patty on one of their burgers? Heck yeah. I think I definitely will. Yeah, but I'm not going to go back to Bird Call for the for the substitute either. <laughs> no, if I'm going to Bird Call, I'm going to Bird Call because I want their fried chicken. Right. Yeah. If I don't want chicken, I'm just going to not eat chicken. So I don't know. I mean, that was something that was really interesting for me as somebody who's not planning on giving up meat and who really likes meat. But like Paul, like how does that feel to you as somebody who like meh is meh about meat? Well, I'm kind of with you two um, in the 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 plant based protein options those. Beyond patties, pretty much any of that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. not that interesting to me. Yeah. Like, I don't really have that craving very much for that specific type of food. I would also prefer a mushroom quinoa patty or a black bean burger. I've developed a taste for those things. I really mm-hmm. like those when mm-hmm. they're done well. Good Times, for example, that's a terrific fast food black bean burger. Good to um, know. So, this is why I think Bird Call has a better shot at being the oh. next Chipotle, because I feel like. The more and more I think about it, the more people I talk to about these plant-based places, the more I think it's a fad. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The substitutes. I don't think the idea of eating plant-based is a fad, but the substitutes. The alternatives, the meat alternatives. Yes. Yeah. But I will say I was a big fan of the soy milk. Uh, milkshake. I know. I almost would got do that. One of those. <laughs> Megan, I like that too. Yeah. Uh, and it would have been interesting because I'm a huge dairy person too. Like I'm, I'm a dairy slut, so <laughs> it would have been interesting <laughs> to try their milkshakes. Well, we'll have to go back sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Round two. All right. Well, Molly Peyton, thanks so much. This was fun. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys.
And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Colorado Senators Michael Bennett and John Hickenlooper and Representative Joe Neguse are proposing a new national monument to commemorate Camp Hale. Located just outside Leadville, Camp Hale is where the famed 10th Mountain Division trained for Alpine warfare in World War II. Many vets of the division returned from the war to kickstart Colorado's skiing industry, which is just such a Colorado story, I was kind of surprised to learn the site didn't already have some kind of national protections. Associated Press reports that the proposal has been around, but it's been bogged down in politics, with Republicans concerned about blocking development of mineral and energy resources in the area. And finally, yet another embarrassment out of Douglas County. After an incident at the annual Pride Fest last weekend, County Commissioner George Teal has proposed banning the fest from returning to the county fairgrounds. According to Fox 31, an acrobat at one point accidentally revealed a silicon breastplate with fake nipples. Teal called it a zoning violation, since Pride Fest was happening at the public fairgrounds. But come on, we've all seen the Batman suit George Clooney wore in the 90s. Are you going to ban the Dark Knight from Doug Co. too, Mr. Commissioner? That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Steve Ells about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. If anyone out there does know Steve Ells, I really would love to talk to him. Just tell him I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan.